closing the books on week 13 of the NFL season and a commentary about college football, the Final Four, Florida State, Alabama. We'll look at the lines. We'll look at the odds. But we'll tell you our logical opinion. And when I say we, Steve Fezzik joins. All right, Steve. So finally it happened. Finally a losing week on your Circa, but only two and three. Tough week for the consensus plays across the board from the Sharps. So a lot of people struggled. Yes. Now, that's important because this is all relative, right? If you went one and four and everyone else in the top 20 went 0 oh and five, you'd gain. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, so did, uh, do you, has the official standings come out yet? Yes. So basically all the top guys went two and three. Okay. Right. One one of the one of the top guys actually went one and four. How do you um, know there's not girls on these teams? There is a, 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 someone called the Bay Girl sixty six, <laughs> and I don't think she's a girl. So oh, well, it can be confusing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but okay. So where are you right now? So I'm tied for second, All half right. a game out. And how many games out were you last week? Half a game. Okay, so you've lost a little ground because you're tied for second. Now. Well, yes, and I've also lost considerable. I didn't lose ground, but obviously. Everyone doesn't play like a sharp. So the people were like five games out. Inevitably, there'll be some guy that'll roll a four and one or but maybe a four that. But one. maybe that's sharp because considering that you got to be a little contrarian. Because if mm-hmm. if I if somehow I had access to your plays and I was uh, three games behind you, that'd be the worst thing to do is copy. I mean, if we assume your plays are the sharpest plays, I wouldn't want to follow those, would Unless I? Unless you wanted to win two hundred thousand and finish fifth. Well, I want to, you know, that, that's a good point. But if you're three games behind, you're not in fifth necessarily, right? But, you might but, be in 20th. But, but it's really hard to, like, go contrarian on this early in the year. It's it's this very early. Early. How many weeks do we, we have still left? still got five weeks left. See, I don't know. See, let's talk a minute about that. Because you understand the metagame exceptionally well. So let me just kind of say, but Professor, explain this to me. Um, you're the professor in this case. Is... Let's say you have, like, we don't know exactly what the win percentages are of our picks. Like, our projected win percentages are just guesses. Sure. That's the whole premise of the Kelly criterion being something that you can't use exactly because in that case it's usually, or it's, it's supposed to be the hard math of a craps game or a blackjack situation. We don't know. Maybe, like, when you had your, what was your best pick coming in, uh, contest pick coming in this week? It would be Denver plus three and a half oh, against Houston. Fading me? That was yeah. a mistake right there. Well, it's not fading you. It's just I'm, I'm just I'm just saying from pure. I'm just from well, it is pure, fading me. I'm but... saying pure line. Yeah. yeah, from line value. Yeah, obviously. Upon we, we right when we're we're we talking about closing line value. We're, we're we're talking about the deadline line value when you mm-hmm. submit your pick. Now, mm-hmm. as it turned out. Money did come back in on Houston to where that closed, 3.25. So it's a classic example. I would have laid three or taken three and a half on that mm-hmm. game. No problem. Mm-hmm. 52.5% either side. The market says. doesn't mean the market's right. So could someone, and I know the answer is no to this, but could someone look at a screen? Pregame.com has a screen. There's other screens. Don Best, obviously, famously, and say, okay, I understand that the sharp books are Circa, um, let's say Chris slash bookmaker, right? Pinnacle. Pinnacle. 
And then let's say Westgate for the NFL probably is on the list somewhere. And I'd, let's use, just, I'd use South Point for the three to three and a halves. Mm-hmm. So you, just those games. We've talked about all that. There's no secret to that. Right. And mathematically, you can say, well, we're going to say three is worth 20 cents. Though there's, it could be 18. It could, mm-hmm. you know, I could mathematically figure at any given moment, it wouldn't be that hard, exactly what the overlay is on any of these lines. Exactly. I do that every week. Okay. So now the question is, other than just aping that, other than just doing that exactly with your picks, what's different about your pick? How do you approach it differently than doing just that? Because that's not that impressive. Right. So I take the picks that that become a no-brainer, like the top two are almost always going to go Because there's so much value. There might be 30 cents or whatever. Right. So just to, to throw this out, so maybe I've got to choose between picks three through eight, and they're all between minus 18, minus 118, and minus 113. Okay. They're close enough. Now I start considering. That's a no vig line. That is that is a width vig, but a reduced vig line. That'd be the pinnacle line. I'll, I'll pull it up in the. On the okay. what, that's what I would. So pay you and have three pinnacle. cents of value to eight cents of value. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And those are close enough that now I start handicapping and I say, you know what? I don't need to play that minus one eighteen. I'm not going to play a minus one oh nine, but I'll play a minus one thirteen if I like it. Okay. So would this be the way to explain how you do it? Kind of inverting that. You look at the market and you say, okay, I can adjust the market by 10 cents based on my opinion. Yes. Yeah. So my you, opinion's not worth more than 10 cents. Okay. But, but so you can say, okay, this, use, this was 108, but I'm giving it 10 more cents. So it's 118 and it's a clear pick. Yes. But if that pick was minus 108, even your 10 cents doesn't get it there. Yeah. By example, meaning if it was a half a point, let's say, or so off market against it, you're, it would be so much harder. I mean, it, like if someone says, oh, the line is, uh, the, the contest line is two, the market's two and a half. It's so much easier for you to play that two, the, the team laying two that is currently two and a half than it is to take the dog, even though you would think the difference between, uh, you know, one and two is so small. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so, and I'd use the drop down menus to like I bring it to the contest line. But uh, as an example, like San Fran was minus three. Like lay minus one hundred two, and I'm like I'm not I'm not going to use even though I love the Niners, and that I, was a bad break that it came. I mean because they could have easily came out of two exactly, and, a half. and then and then they would have been my number one pick. But at minus three, like minus one hundred three, and I've like I've got all these minus one eighteens and minus one sixteens and minus one fifteens. It's just too big of a disparity, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm basically making whatever, like a $30,000 bet when I put it into the contest. It's like betting 30000 Right now, because yes. of the current situation. And I'm like, I've already bet my balls off on San Francisco at Pickham in minus 115, minus one, and minus one and a half. It's like, do I really want to shove another 30000 minus three, knowing it's not going to be scalpable in any way, shape, or form, and that you know, the, the, and now I've essentially got fifty thousand on the 49ers, You know, by doing that, I'm, I'm like, no, let me go ahead and diversify. Okay, so looking at it, because I'm interested, the Eagles. So the 49ers, Oh my gosh, this shows you how you can't say this millions is generally that sharp, right? Because there's a consensus, like eight, 1,900 people took yeah, San Francisco. 1,900 took San Fran. 800 took the Eagles. I'm not saying the Eagles were the right pick. But it's hard to say that the line should have been three and a half. I think what happened there is most people have a proxy deadline of a day before, mm-hmm. okay, on Friday. And it's not like the San Fran ever had value versus, you know, the the marketplace. But these other picks 
they didn't have value either. It was a very hard week yeah. to find anything to play that had any substantial value w- at all on Friday. Wouldn't you make the case on Friday that 49ers was even more short of this being a good pick than it was on Saturday because the line kept moving a little bit towards three, right? It had already pretty much gotten to where it was. But it, it kind of stalled. It drifted a little more. It Maybe didn't go it, the other way. It didn't. Go, it, did, it just stopped. Okay. Yeah, it just it just stopped. It had all the momentum, and I think a lot of people on Friday said, "Oh, that line could go to three and a half, You know, which I never believed, but some people were saying that. So, Mackenzie, in our daily log of the line, and sometimes multiple times a day based on the shows. Uh, what did you see as the high point for the 49ers? How did it flow? On Friday afternoon, it reached three, and it was three at every point after that. Okay, and it was three minus 110? Yeah, flat. Okay. All right, so that's along with Fez is saying. Uh, take down that grid. I want to look at this millions. I want to see. So what were the other plays that the lines were clearly bad? All right, so looking at it. Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, well, it was six and a half, right? Come Saturday night. Yes, and right. land five and a half. And they, there was a lot of Pittsburgh batters, right? But again, what we're seeing here, the favorites. I mean, let's see how many of these games did the underdog get most of the the bets? So Cowboys had more favorites on it, and uh, Chargers had more, right? They were the favor. Lions had more. Uh, but well, but the Chargers wound up closed. They that that point spread move was downward. Still, there was eight hundred and ninety on the Chargers yes. and, and six hundred and forty on the Pats. Yes, and somehow it fell six. Well, and remember, all the favorites covered the week before. So there and there's well, always but if, a but, bias. If, but, if, but if that's the the, the contest, people, yeah. that, that's I an mean, indictment. right? Well, it is an indictment. They, they, I don't care about the thousand dollar entry fee. You got you got doctors in Nebraska and yeah. you got well, dentists it, in Oklahoma in this contest. And in no way am I de- listen. What you know for sure. Is because there's that six million dollar, you know, million dollar first prize, six million pool or whatever. Is that right? Six million? One million first prize. But the pool, six million pool. Yeah, exactly. Is you got every sharp in it. Yes. Right? You so, have to be a complete, you have to be asleep at the wheel to not take the overlay. Yeah. In this so, contest. So yeah. so yeah, you might have a doctor in Nebraska, but you've got everyone that knows anything. Yes. So, you know, your accomplishment is, is amazing. All right, the, the Falcons, and, the, and let's finish it off. Falcons and the Jets was almost pick him, and the line was almost, or the split was almost the same. So, okay, let's call that. Pittsburgh, big, big uh, predominance. Now, the one underdog, the Panthers. Carolina was the sharp play that won. Yes. Okay. And um, though the line as of Saturday was three, right, Saturday night. Nuts! Uh, I don't. It never. Oh, went it to pretty th- much got Sunday you, morning. It ticked three, and then it ticked back to three and a half. Well, when I looked submitting the, for the Super Ooh, Contest, this is good. So it's it, like it 11, was. Pre- I was at dinner at yeah, the time. So like, I was, it was pretty much three. Oh, really? I, I, let's just say this: you were, if you had three outs, you were getting a three. Okay. Right. So yeah. I mean, I know I know people that laid three with Tampa. Yes, on first thing Sunday morning, and then it went back to three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So and did Bay? The, the speculation was, and we'll talk about this. Did you think Baker looked hobbled? No. Okay. Okay. No, no, that's interesting. Panthers, uh, so again, an example of the dead coach bounce, as they say. Yes. Uh, okay, the Titans had most of the action. That surprises me, actually. Um, and, and money ultimately did come on Indy. It closed. Indy closed a two-point favorite, by example, at Circa. I don't think they deserved to cover, but they did. So, And, and I considered Indy, and I said to myself— there's no way I'm going to take Indy plus one. I didn't Andy. No way I'm going to take Tennessee plus one. I can bet them in teasers from one and a half up to seven and a half. You know, it's such a, a superior bet. But but they were on my list. You know, one of the considerations that they too lost. So one of the teams that I want to dig into this week, uh, and hopefully for Wednesday's show, I can have some stuff is Indy. 
Because, I mean, they are now looking to be what? What's their playoff odds? It has to be better Probably than the, 70%. That's what I'm saying. They stink. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, if they stink, is for you, a playoff team. Yeah, that's the question, though. Do you think that they're one of the top seven teams in the AFC? Because if they are, they might quote unquote stink. But now, when you do that, Mackenzie, I'm looking at the injury adjusted line movements and refresh my memory here is each one of these columns tells you everything that happens after it. It, it happened from that moment to the close. All right, so everything I have from that moment and everything after it. Okay, good. They're the eighth best team, but if Trevor Lawrence is out, they're the seventh best team. Okay, and and who's can you name Jacksonville and who's the other six? Uh, Chargers. Ooh. I know that's the they're neck and neck with them. Houston, uh, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Buffalo, and then Kansas City, Baltimore, Miami. Okay, um, so Indianapolis. If you look at from the look ahead open has been in aggregate uh, about two points. It's moved to their favor. If you look midweek from Monday on, it's been against them. But then you look from Thursday on, this is interesting, it's been for them. But nothing major. They're not more than, like, on the upside, they're not more than two points up at any of the points onward. And actually, if you look from Monday till and Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday through the game, there are minus four points or so in each of those windows uh, in aggregate. So looking at the Colts, Fez, I think the market and the Sharps agree with you. So we actually, McKenzie's done some real good work, and he's really championed this line movement, and he's been grinding on it where it's Wednesday. All right, we got the accounting of what the line is at a given time. It's Thursday. You know, this is old school where we're taking one reading a day, but – it, it the consistency of that because here's the thing of any feed you get the feeds have a lot of errors in them they just inevitably do and I've never seen an archive of lines that, that the line movements don't have a lot of error where it's coming maybe it's not even an error it comes off the board it comes back up at 17 but they mistyped it in it was really seven but that 17 stays in the system sure so you know that reminds me of a story I won't even say who told me but like they would get a better and he, let's say they needed a bunch on the dog, right, of a game. And the batter said, okay, the line's, um, let's say, five. He says, give me six, and I'll give you 200000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is they, it's, it's a legal requirement that they flash that line at six where anyone in the world could bat it. They, he makes the bat, and then they bring it back to five, and it all happens in 15 seconds. Yes. But that's where the archive is very useful, Right. Okay. But you know about things. Right. Because, and, and what's interesting is that um, how fast, because there have been times where, you know, I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, what's this? You know, but usually, almost always, it's only when it's a volatile situation where there's like a key injury or a key guy is just released on the game and, and, and the whole market's lighting up like a Christmas tree. So I know to look at that but game. But someone's just first? Is that like you see the first move? No, or? I see it. When I see like everybody's going black. And, and okay. so I'm paying attention to this game. But when when just very innocuously one one book goes like they they tick they tick a five to a six I'm almost I'm never going to be fast enough to get that plus six in the next fifteen seconds because I'm not looking at that game I'm not looking for it and plus that's the quick I mean correct me if I'm wrong that's the quickest way to get thrown out of a book is is steam chasing like that right well this wouldn't be steam chasing because you're balancing them if everybody was dealing five and a book went to six and you took plus six they'd love you oh oh so oh, it would, oh. Be, it would not be fine so you're talking about not you're saying because you think it's going to get bought right back. 
Yes. Okay. But I, you're right. If, if every game, if every book went from five to six, and I grabbed the last minus five, mm, then you're yeah. absolutely they'd not be happy. Now, right? would you would you say when a line? Because I see that too, right? So it's almost like uh, it's usually a sharp book that does this, right? A non-sharp book doesn't take the have the guts to say I'm going off market. But if they go from five and a half to six, let's say, and it's usually gone in ninety seconds. Do you think that is someone's there that they've notified and they're waiting to take it? Or is that bots where there's bots that can sit? Now, they're, in theory, they're illegal. The books don't want them, but it's sitting there saying, if this line turns to six, make this bet. It's not that com- I mean, think of a macro in Excel, right? It's not that complicated. And then finally, could it be just people are watching that screen so close? It's it's the human that it's waiting it, for that. It's number. the latter. It's everybody watching the screen. The bot is you got to be really tricky because you never would want to say take it if it goes to plus six because what if it moves from five to seven and then boom oh you got plus six, you know? Yeah, but but I mean, someone as smart as you, let's say that put their mind to help and program one of those bots, you could You'd get have it. to say take plus six if it's the if there's only one other plus six and nothing better on the screen. Yeah, something yeah. along those or lines. Or you could tell AI yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. at this point soon enough. All right, so Indianapolis, for example, if we look at their action, and this is, again, what I was saying McKenzie's done the work on, from Monday early, so this is literally before the uh, East Coast books even open, because we want to see really effectively what the close the night before was, mm-hmm. right? So the er, the world opener, and then Monday, like at 5.30 a.m. is what we take the line from, Eastern, and now from there till game day or till kick kickoff, I guess we'd say, uh, the Colts are the 24th most bet team. So they're below average. They've been faded effectively by 3.1 points from that point till kickoff this season. Now that removes injuries. So if a quarterback's out and the line moves five points, we don't want to count that because it doesn't have anything to do with the way the market thinks of the team. Well, right now, the market is not high on the Colts. They've got them 24th on mm-hmm. the season. Is that line up with you about, hey, you're, you're, you're not looking to bet that? Yeah, they stink. All right. Now, the, real quick, just for the teams that are the best teams or the most back teams, not the best teams, the most back teams from Monday morning on, number one, the Rams. All right? Mm-hmm. Number two, the Saints. Boy, they've been on the, the Saints same. have been a curious um, for years. Yeah, they, 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 exactly. People love these Saints, and maybe it was a, when their wide receiver core was healthy. You know that they and they they thought Carr would integrate better, but Carr's been injured, and the Saints have been a train wreck, frankly. San Francisco number three. Yeah, the the betting markets have they absolutely love San Francisco, and they're basically saying, yeah, they lost three in a row because Debo got hurt, and they had some injuries, and and those uh, mostly were close games. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the line this week with Seattle. I mean, have you seen a team? Is I mean, what Seattle thirteenth maybe in your twelfth in your rankings? Thirteenth. That's catching twelve points. I mean, have you ever seen that before? No. I mean, that's maybe the Patriots in 07 kind of thing. Yeah. How many points do you have San Fran above the second best team? I've got them two points better than Miami. I upgraded Miami. I got okay. San Fran at ten, but Miami's Miami's weird now. Miami's remember yeah. Miami's power rating. Miami's a bully. They clobber people. Mm-hmm. So what's when, the line, San Fran and Miami? San Fran's probably minus three. 
Okay. All right, but but if if, if they both play Carolina, Miami's going to beat Carolina by more. Okay. All well, right? Sam, let's be honest. San Fran has an offense too. Sure, but Miami is Miami put up seventy on Denver. I mean, Miami is just uh, just kills teams. So you know, McKenzie's on the inside of a lot of things, but he's in a way a half step on the outside. You know, being newish here, though. Again, it's been multi. You know, four years now. Um, how impressed were you, Mackenzie? We we got to bring it up at some point with my Seattle with me understanding. No, no, no. With me understanding when per exactly when to, the entry point. Oh yes, the MVP <laughs> market. You own the MVP market. You know, and this goes back to was so much to bet on offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. If you just focus, Is this an ex- oh, okay, go ahead. If you focus on one betting market, like you didn't look at the schedules and what's likely to play out. I really think that's – and you've done that with the MVP, and you've just fucking owned it, you know? What motivated me was I thought the favorites were weak. I thought Mahomes was weak, I th- and I think Hurts is – Hurts was not, hobbled. Yeah, not weak as in not good players, but weak to win the MVP weak this year. Weak compared to a typical MVP. Yeah. yeah. There was no – there is no MVP this year, basically. So, know? Mackenzie, how, how impressed were you? Because it was – Dak went from 35 to 1 – to what was he effectively eight to one like a, like two weeks later? I think he's less now. Oh yeah, now yeah. he's uh, actually Probably the sec- he's the second favorite plus three thirty, and Brock Purdy's plus three hundred. Hertz is now four to one, and no one else is better than eight to one. Yeah, so you've got two of the three front runners at thirty five to one and, and sixteen to and one. Sixteen to one. That's Ooh. pretty darn good. What do you think, Mackenzie? Well, you called it your next Phoenix Suns bet, and it's funny because immediately I remember that moment where you're like 12 to 1, they're going to win the division. I'm like, I kind of like the Clippers. But I matured. I'm like, you know what? Let me take my ego out of this. RJ found it first, but that's a damn good bet. It makes perfect damn sense. It's going to win. I I'm happy it. I even got it. I got it in Vegas. So I, I, didn't, I know. I, I feel very fight. good about it. So it's it's almost too good. So I think. I think it's going to lose. No, I actually think well, one, it's going to win. Justice is going to have it win. I'm going to go on record that one of those two bets is going to indeed lose. Yeah, and really, I've got double <laughs> as much. Oh, yes. I've got double as much on um, Purdy. So, really, it's almost the exact same payout. Oh, yeah. Yes, you're so, different. Yeah. Um, I actually think I'm not going to give it out. But I actually think Tua, if I could get Tua like a 10 to 1, I wouldn't mind just like a, a sliver, a tenth of a unit. Like I'd like to double my, you know, maybe yeah. win 500 if 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 Tua wins, mm. right? Um, and by the way, just to finish up the feeling good about myself is I never do this, but I was looking at the lookaheads because I've been thinking what the lookaheads have flawed is they don't think about what happens if the, not inevitable, but if the likely happens, mm-hmm. like one of the reasons I thought Purdy was the time to act, I said, you like San Fran, big time, the line's moving that now way. Now look at Dallas laying three and a half against, you know, Philly this yeah. week, yeah. Oh, he's up to three and a half, oh wow, I, okay. Um, but but I looked at it, and it said Pittsburgh, and the Steelers and Patriots with 35 was the uh, look ahead total. I go, I like that under. Fez, usually he'll take some time, he goes, no, you're right, let's do it. And So you tease the under 35? <laughs> no, we bet under 35. <laughs> and um, now, obviously, Pickett being out is probably a point of that. Yeah, that's what I got. But otherwise, it effectively was the Steelers look so much worse than we expected. And obviously, the Patriots' off, defense is great. I mean, give up 10, 10, and 6 and go 0 and 3. <laughs> I mean, it's it, if Belichick was staying there. It actually is a perfect thing for him because you're going to get the high pick, but at yeah. least you're fighting, right? Sure. But I don't know. In a way, you got. To, I still wonder what did the Colts? I mean, I know what they paid. What did the Colts pay 
for Minshew? Not much. What did Arizona, you know, Cleveland cuts Dobbs, he goes to Arizona, he looks pretty damn good. How the hell can the Jets not have a quarterback is yeah, what you're getting. And but, but how, how don't the Patriots have a better th- a viable third stringer? Right. When these how how come some of these teams have uh, their how can their second stringer be so much better than the the quarterback that these teams chose to go with? Yes. And then you look at Shanahan and he has Brock Purdy as his third stringer, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, you got I mean, the, as of last year. So you got to give him a lot of credit there. Um, okay, so let's do this. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit of college, and then we're going to go and do a, a quicker version of going through the games. So, Faz, I'm going to let you start. Let's come at You can choose, but tell us, are you coming at it as a fan or as a professional batter? And give us your take. As a professional batter, because I, I so. am not a fan. <laughs> but I, And I'm not past posting. I did tweet this out um, after the results of the game Saturday night. All right. Mm-hmm. And what I tweeted is I said, I don't see how both Alabama and Texas don't make the third and fourth slots. Because I said, I can't see how you can take in, I don't see how you can leave Alabama out because they won the SEC. And I don't see how you can not have an SEC team. And by all accounts, Alabama was going to go before Georgia. Well, so, yeah, yeah. so, you're right. So, if you put in Alabama, you have to put in Texas because Texas, both teams, one loss. Texas went to Tuscaloosa and won. So that has to be a convincing win on the road. Both teams with one loss, both teams conference champions. You have to put in Texas over Alabama. So your choices were you could take Texas and you could take Florida State, or you could take Texas and you could take Alabama. And I concluded, you know what? One, there's tons of pressure to have one SEC team, best conference, in there. Or more. Or more, right. <laughs> exactly. Historically. The second reason is, and I, I, I understand that the most important criteria is body of work, all right? Whoever has the whoa, best whoa, body whoa, of work. Whoa, 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 whoa. I disagree. Really? We have no effing idea what the criteria is because there is no criteria. All right, but I'm going to be God. All right, now, now I'm going to go but, as a but, fan. But, okay, so that means you're changing the world because let's be clear about this. And this was my main preaching point on Straight Out of Vegas on Fox during the because we'd spent a lot of time on these rankings. Yes. It was, it was fun stuff. And it was something that leads a discussion. And I, I do pretty well is the idea of saying, Here, here's what I think the committee is going to do. Because again, I understand human uh, foibles very well. Right. <laughs> is I, they never tell you what the criteria is because that would lock them into exactly. something. Exactly. They have, can change it anytime they, they want. They have to have flexibility. But I do believe that the committee gets this, that it's not just about the, it's obviously not the four best teams. All right. Their first criteria is who has the four best teams' body of work. Okay. And if all those teams have a comparable. What does that mean, the four best teams' body of work? Those are two separate factors. So you're saying, what are the four best well, bodies of work? Yes. What are okay. the four best bodies of work? Clearly, Florida State. Belongs based yes. upon that, including a win over LSU to start the season. Yes, exactly. All and, right. and Florida. Yes, and now these, these vaunted SEC teams. And LSU was what the third best. Yes, All yes. Right. And the only reason LSU wasn't more highly ranked is because they lost to Florida State. Exactly. But at some point, you have to have a minimum standards. And if you have a team that is so far below, and not even not even in the top ten in terms of the rankings. And they've suddenly got an injury issue. They have a problem. Well, well, Florida State, when they were healthy, 
was ranked in the top ten. Yes, ranked you're in the say, top five. You're saying now, now they're with not the even, quarterbacks. Okay, they're like uh-huh. the, they're like the sixteenth best team right now. They beat Duke, right? Or was oh no, Louisville, right? Yeah. And Louisville was like in the teens, right? Yeah. So that means they and they won that game. I mean, by ten. Yeah. They, so I mean, it feels like they are better than fifteen. They're, they're, they're probably twelve. They're, they're probably twelve or thirteen, but they're not top ten. And and okay. the bottom line is they're going to be a fourteen point underdog mm-hmm. against. The best teams. But if that's the bottom line, then it's not body of work. It is the body of work, but it has an asterisk. You have to be within. <laughs> you have to be within ten points of the top teams. If 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 all four of the other teams under consideration are ten points better than you, you don't get to go. So, for example, TCU was what kind of underdog against Michigan? Thir- against and, Michigan, thirteen and a half. Oh, against Michigan, yeah. seven and a half. Yeah. Okay, so they would have made the cut. Barely, mm-hmm. yes. That's interesting. Bare, barely, barely is and you know, it brings up a great point. And also, no one wants to see TCU get their ki- teeth kicked in again in the finals, like they did last year. So that's another reason the committee's like, you know what? All things being equal, if it's too close to call, they just they fail minimum standards. And I used a comp from basketball. There was a year the University of Cincinnati was like the second yeah, best team a, in the nation. A, I know Kenyon Martin, but right. but here's the thing. In basketball, there's five players, and there's never a time that you can take someone off the court that's one of the best players in the country and think the guy playing that comes in is better. Okay? Right. But that happens in football all the time. Yeah, but Nick Foles was better than Carson Wentz. If Phil, if and the, the Ohio co- State quarterback, Cardell, was, yeah, if, was if, every bit as good as the If the commissioner would have came in and said, all right, Patriot or um, Eagles— you earned a right to be in the playoffs, but now that you know Wentz is hurt, we're gonna have to replace you. That I don't know. It doesn't. And, and Tom Brady, obviously, the year that that um, Bledsoe got hurt, and you bring up good points. And Purdy last year, and, and and if Alabama had beaten Texas, okay, and Texas had run the table with all their other wins, mm-hmm. okay, no, they don't even have a chance at that point. No, Texas doesn't lose to they lost yeah, Oklahoma. I'm right? saying if if Texas lost one game but yes. didn't beat Alabama, I think they're out. In I think they're State's out in. for sure. Yeah, yeah yes. I think for sure. I think I think so because then it would be easy to say, all right, well, Alabama wins the tiebreaker over, over Texas clearly, and they're the SEC champion. That's a no brainer. And Florida State's undefeated. And you know what? It, it feels okay to at that point to leave Texas and the Big Twelve out. It just doesn't feel okay. To leave Alabama and the SEC champion out when the SEC had the best team in the country this year in Georgia. Except that I don't think Georgia's the best team in the country. Oh, they are, clearly. Oh, I disagree with that. Oh, if they played Michigan, they'd be favored easily. I don't know about what's favored. I know that Oregon uh, was—I mean, who's better, Washington or Oregon? Oh, Oregon's much better. Mm-hmm. So they could. So we're now at two games, two sixty-minute football games, and that doesn't convince you. No, of course not. Okay. So what would the line be? That's a good question. Probably. Now I tell you, four, be careful. Four. All right. So that's. Do you so, disagree? You think that's. No, no. It? I thought you were going to go last. I mean, I think it, it probably moved the touchdown. I got to think. So, I mean, what, what was it? Ten? It was ten. Yeah. So you're. I mean, what I'm saying is maybe I would say three. You would say four. Or in the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 Oregon's clearly better. You now, know? in the NFL, a team can play another team twice, beat them both times. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore once. If they beat them again, and they play, if they played a third time, Baltimore's still going to be favored by six or whatever. They'll move it one, yeah, yeah. based on that they game. They might move one. And it shows you in college there's not enough good information because the good teams don't play each other enough that one game can mean a lot. Yes, and Oregon basically, you know, well, one thing, the Pac-12 was pretty darn strong this year. So you, you, we've got a better feeling mm. for our power I ratings. think it's the best conference Top to bottom, 
But yeah. I don't think Washington was the uh, a top four team. If we were, let's speak a minute about the oh, four best they teams. Weren't. Yeah. Right. Because I don't I mean. Here's the thing: if Iowa would have beat Michigan, they weren't going to the no chance the the um, playoffs. So it doesn't matter if you win the best conference. The question is, if you win the best conference, how good are you? Now, usually, a team that wins the best conference is going to be pretty darn good. But it all came down to one game. Sure. Right? And, and, and people were using the, the quarterfinal argument, you know, that they're like, we're already in the playoffs, you know, when Alabama was playing um, Georgia, for instance. But as, to answer your question, Georgia's the best team. Michigan's the second best. Um, I have no qualm with you taking Oregon, Texas, or Ohio State as being the third best team. If you think if you don't think that a high state would be – now, we were talking about who's favored. If yeah. you don't think a high state would be – what, three and a half over Texas? I, th- I mean, they are clear favorites over Texas, I think. So Conley from ESPN has the SP plus rankings. I think, I mean, I've read a lot about what he's done with this stuff. Very good thinker, theoretical guy in football. He's got Michigan number one, Georgia number two, Georgia about one point bad or worse than Michigan. Now, how do we account for all the cheating is the cheating built into that? Oh, I'm sure he's still cheating, just getting doing different well, things. Here's the question. What is Nick Saban doing to prevent it? I mean, you want to talk about fanatical. You know, and, and of course, this is the entire year's work worth of work. And so there's numbers, in my opinion, that are clearly off here. M- meaning that Michigan's overrated. Michigan's overrated. George, everyone knows Georgia's better than Michigan. I don't know. And The best evidence I can give, and this is pretty convincing, is he has Alabama good eight points worse than Michigan. Mm-hmm. Well, they're playing each other, and Alabama's going to be favored at post, in my opinion. Well, first of all, now you're going opinion. What's the line right there, now? It's one. Michigan's okay. minus one. Right. And he's saying it's eight. And, and easily Michigan could be three. So what I'm saying is your opinion, you're pretty good at the line moves, but, but let's let the market speak. Right now the market says they're one point apart. And which it's interesting you won't say which team is ahead. It doesn't really matter. Ah, Michigan's yeah, laying Michi- fine. Michigan's laying one. I'm saying Michigan could be laying three, and his numbers get like like they are way off. Well, he has a, he has an eight, so his numbers are off. But here's the thing: something like he has no, he has what at eight? He oh, has Michigan eight points better. Well, than no, Bama. because I mean, hmm, let's think about this. Because I don't think any power rankings like this could take the big game factor. There is a, I mean, Nick Saban with three weeks to prepare, is a different animal. I, I agree with, similar to what we've discussed with Miami, being a bully. Uh-huh. Like, the the, the like, matchup. And and you could argue, he, he could, he could well, Michigan's a bully. They like to, they beat up on bad teams. And if there's any team that, now Texas, maybe you could also say that, because they stood up to Alabama. That's a good point. But if there's any team that can stand, and this was something McShay was saying on the Rosillo podcast, this is a nightmare matchup for Michigan in his opinion, because Michigan can only be a physical bully, but you're not going to physically bully Alabama most of the time. So the question is, will Harbaugh and his OC go into the lab and come up with something different than a Woody Hayes-type offense, two tight ends, or does he just try to win with what brought him? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know the answer. If I was betting Alabama, which I might, I want him to do the same thing. I don't want any randomness. And I would bet Alabama now while they're still a dog because I think <laughs> oh, I you know, know you why. Think. Because I'll, t- I'll tell you the the pros. We have we have a rule in in, in the in these. Is this bowl the games. union? Is this the this union? This is the union. I okay. have my union sharp card, and here's what the union sharp card says about the Big Ten. 
you, you, Ohio State's not a Big Ten team. They don't count because they do well. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's not a Big Ten team because they half their state goes to every one of their bowl games. They travel so well. Yeah, but they're they still represent. a Big Ten. They're the ultimate Big Ten team. I understand. But there's another fact. They're, they're, but they're not a Big Ten bowl team. And all these other Big Ten bowl teams, they suck in these bowl games. And part of the reason is it's cold. The weather's bad, and I'm I'm firmly convinced that all these 275 pound defensive linemen go in at 288, and they just go. They come in a little bit out of shape with the Midwestern winter. But, it, but it's I don't rough. think that happens with a national championship game. It might happen in a, a 20 a December 27th bowl. You've game. You've been through winter times in December. It's miserable. Yeah, you get the flu. I'm, you have comfort food. Yeah. You have the chicken fried steak. And but the here's the question: cafeteria. Do, do the Big Ten do they do any worse in bowl games? Compared to the way they play out of conference, meaning I think it's more that they're just slow. That that, yeah. that it's hard to. But high state isn't slow, but Ohio and the weather. They're like like the Big Ten used to get killed in the Rose Bowl consistently, and part of that is you go out to Pasadena for a week after you know being in. in well, you know. I mean, you're talking the 70s now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what the lines were in the game. I don't know who should. I'll won. have to go back and look. Yeah. At yes. But but um, but rightly or wrongly. I think that I, I think that the market is going and, and remember Notre Dame's a poster child for this and you could argue they're an ultra public team mm-hmm. but they always get their teeth kicked in on all these in all these bowl games. Well, no, against not, good no, teams, against well, good teams. No, no, against the against the Nick best. Saban, right? So, listen to me. The big story here, and Alabama's eighth in this. So let me run down quickly the seedings. Michigan, or not the seedings, but the rankings. And this is again, Bill. Oh, is it Bill Conley? I think Bill. Uh, you want to scroll up a second? Uh, yes, Bill Conley, ESPN. Again, I, I've, I've read a lot of his stuff. Uh, Michigan favorite, or the, the number one team, Georgia, number two. Ohio State, the Ohio State University, number three. Somehow they didn't make the playoffs, though. Oregon, four, agreeing with you. Penn State, five. Penn State, five. They're the highest two-loss team. Wow. Florida State, six. As you said, as we were glancing at this, is the quarterback uh, being out isn't accounted for here. They yep. can't be six. Texas, seven. Alabama, eight. Notre Dame, nine. LSU, 10. So Florida State beat the 10th best team in the country, and they're undefeated, and they're the first undefeated Power Five, right, not to make yes. the— hmm. It was a perfect storm, though. Kenyon Martin got hurt. Sorry. Yeah, except I don't. He, here's what I don't like about that, and I hate it actually, because here's what I hate about society in general. But at least ultimately, the game gets played, right? Everyone can sit and say Brock Purdy sucks, and then the game gets played, and all. And you know, you ever notice how quickly these narratives change? Sure. Because these people that are spewing them don't know, sh- you know, shit from Shiola or whatever the sayings are. So they're just saying what feels right, what they can on Twitter, they can get a feel of like, oh, people don't like this, I can say it, or people like this, I can say it. They don't have strong feelings because you don't see people holding on to them, right? How many people are saying Brock Purdy's a limited quarterback right now? None. How many are talking about the Mia Culpa of I was so wrong about Purdy? Zero. Not many. Some might, but not many. Not many. And so to me, is all that talk. You know, my dad didn't have a lot of, or doesn't have a lot of good sayings. That wasn't a, a, a deep thinker, really, at least that I'm aware of. <laughs> he did say a phrase I've never heard anyone else say, and he always said it. He goes, it's all over but the shouting. I've never heard that before. I'm sure it's out there. And what he's saying is 
that, and it's a great, it's a great phrase. I think there's going to be people saying, well, this was unfair. This was, but it's over, right? The game is over. You can talk about, you're going to file your grievance. I want to talk about it being over Uh because there are odds you could bet on this. I was like comatose on Sunday morning. Didn't wake up till 9am till it was all over, which uh, apparently there was betting markets on this on the East coast in terms of DraftKings, FanDuel. Will Florida state get in? So Florida, the yes. I saw saw some numbers. Went to sleep. The yes was like minus minus. 500. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. They're going to make it. They're 13 and 0. All right. And then and Alabama was about even money, I think. So the theory was it might be Florida State that's out. It might be Texas that's out if Alabama gets in. Yeah. Yeah. And then the money poured in against Florida State, such that, especially late. So right before the announcement, Florida State goes to pick them. Okay. Well, I mean, how, like 20 minutes before? 20 minutes before. Then that's probably, it got leaked. Exactly. Yeah. And and so and, and so my point is, and this goes back to the color of the Gatorade, the length of the national anthem, we would never, ever bet a baseball team that we could have gotten three to one and taken them and take them minus 100. But in a predetermined situation like this, all the time, like, the market was screaming, hey, dummies, Florida State's not getting in. No, no, no. I don't think so, Fez. I think the market, correct me if I'm wrong, the market pretty much said Florida State is getting in. Until. Then new information, corrupt information, really, it wasn't supposed to be out, entered the market, and then it skewed it. But the well, market— But this is at post. This is after yeah. This is after it's, the decision's already made. The mm-hmm. envelope has been passed yeah. around. And so—and and you're the king of, like, with, with weeks to go, you see these crazy line moves, mm-hmm. and they're just narratives, and I would say many times fade them, but never fade the definitive last-minute line move before the announcement. Okay, but I agree, but let's not forget, this is only for things that are preordained. Yes. Like a draft choice. We've talked about draft choices. Like same thing, yeah. exactly. So when, when when that line went to when Florida State was minus four hundred, when I went to sleep and I woke up, that that minutes, was the market. And ten minutes before the announcement, they were pick them. If you ask me, what's their chance of getting in? I said they are not getting in. Yeah, I agree with that because there's no reason that line moves so drastically unless it's a leak. Right. Yes. And there's always a chance that someone could be wrong about a leak. I mean, like Will Levis moved a lot, but that wasn't right before the event. Yes. Either. Um, okay. Uh, and then from there, what, now here's what's interesting. I say from there, Washington is number 11. I mean, Washington was winning games by like one point, two points. So in a weird way, I like that. I like that, hey, you're the underdog, you can win. And then you just got to win the one game as a double digit underdog. But doesn't that apply to Florida State? And they beat LSU, which is ahead of Washington on the season. They beat LSU back in the summertime. Well, so those games are less important? Yes, they are less important. Then why is Texas over Alabama so big? Because it was head-to-head in Tuscaloosa. But every game that someone plays against someone else is, is head-to-head. There's only, <laughs> there was only one loss for Alabama all year long, and that uh-huh. was against Texas. And, and, and you're and saying we can dismiss, the, we're saying we can dismiss I'm it. saying that's the most impressive win in college football this year. But it doesn't really matter because it was the summer. It doesn't matter as much. It still matters. It still matters. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it, you're right. It would ma- it would have mattered more if they would have beaten them in December or but, in, in but, November. But why? That's the here's the thing that I don't get. If it's not about if it's about how good the team is, it doesn't matter when. Now I think you could be right in saying early season games the teams aren't mature enough. You know they haven't evolved into their finished form. Tournament in basketball, the tournament selection committee does the same thing. If 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 you're if you're the University of Dayton and you beat North Carolina and Duke in some Maui Classic, is that going to count the same as 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 you know yeah. beating Marquette and Creighton in in March, you know, or, or in in February? But yeah. but you just said the NCAA tournament does the same committee. 
I see no proof that the the college football playoff committee de-emphasizes early games. I think they do it at their convenience. Whatever, nar- right. whatever, whatever they narrative want. they want, and they want they wanted an SEC team in, which means Bama got in, and that means they had to put in te- the Texas because there'd be an outcry about Texas winning in Tuscaloosa, only having one loss and not going in. So Florida State was the odd man out. The foolishness of this even thinking we can say they're right or wrong is there is – I mean, like, if, if it is the best teams, okay, it's probably Georgia. I still think Alabama myself, Ohio State, and like you and said, Michigan. probably in Michigan. Or maybe Oregon. I See, that's interesting. I think or, that's the top five, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think we can, take, we can take Oregon down to five just because – they were not. That wasn't a fluky loss against Washington, and they had everything in their favor on that game. Mm-hmm. You know, so they were ten point favorites. And maybe it's still one, just one game, though. Yeah, but well, it was two games. They lost both of them. Yeah, but that was early in the year. No, no, <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh, yeah, mid year. Like mid year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just fine. Yeah. Now, um, let's think about this one second. I think the flaw in, in a lot of this conversation is how Alabama didn't have a great year. Meaning, if you really think about it. It was just because they they looked like they were physically beat against Texas, which they were, and it was like, wow, it's over for Saban. Alabama, the mm-hmm. dynasty's dead. But all they did, if you told me before the season, Alabama or Georgia, you say Georgia loses a very tough out-of-conference game, a very tough game at home, but still one of the top 10 teams in the country, and then they sweep the rest of the year, including a convincing win in the championship game. You're like, well, shit, they're number one. Yeah. Right? So isn't that exactly what Alabama did? I think Alabama got docked because the ESPN had that crazy 99.9% chance that they were going to lose to Auburn, which wasn't accurate. But, but it was, well, What do you it think was the odds were? Probably 97. Okay. So what we're saying is literally, what, nine days ago, that in the middle of the afternoon, Nick Saban, if you say right now you are going to have as good a chance as anyone to win the end or win the title, it would be almost an impossibility. It would be like, how, what are you talking thousand about? Thousand to one. Yeah. Uh, well, let's think if not it's thousand 33 to one versus what the, so not yeah. dock at 0.75%. Yeah. You assume one half, one half. Yeah. So to me, this is another, like it's time to worship Nick Saban. If you like coaching, because he just kept grinding. Like imagine what kind of, like, was there a Tuesday that he didn't go home at nine? He went home at one that made the difference in that yeah. Auburn game. You know, for all you know, they practiced that fourth and 29, you know, and said, hey, you know what? It's not by chance that you isolated a receiver in the corner of the end zone. That's like what he that. said. That's what Saban said. We do that every week and walk through. Every single week we do that play. I believe it. Because it, you don't just draw that up. You don't just find a guy isolated you know, in, in a situation like that with a catchable pass. The thing I love about Belichick is he's both a great – there's theoretical physicist and then there's applied physics, mm-hmm. right? So to me, there's theoretical football minds and then there's applied football minds. Mike Tomlin – is not theoretical about you know maybe motivation and not a physicist and not, yeah but well, again he's he's just he's a rare he's a genius at motivating men yes. I think it's fair to say um, to me Belichick is the rare guy that theoretically he can compete and he's also can compete as one of the best when it comes to applying it Nick Saban I don't know how great he is theoretically I don't think it's at that level but he might be better and I think he is actually than Belichick at applying it I, I agree and the poster child of this is and it's not like I know all the Alabama games but going back to that Clemson game that was just a complete and utter shootout and he did an onside kick 
because he basically concluded, you know what? Nobody's punting. What's steal of possession? That's why they won that game. And, I mean, just the way – I mean, if you read anything about him, he, everything is a process. I mean, before, before the Sixers were talking about the process, he's got a process. And the thing about when people – like, let's be candid. If there was a draft choice for Alabama – at a certain point this year, after the Texas game, you would have been saying, all right, they got a tank now. This will be their one chance. They're, they're done, so, yeah. Yeah. This, so, like, in a weird way, you're right because you're able to make a 1,000 of those bets and there's no f- human element to it. But Nick, the, the football coaches, the best ones understand, no, we keep grinding because you never, you never yep. effing know. Sure. I mean, yeah, this is pretty amazing. All right, so the last thing I want to say about this, well, I guess the whole idea that there is no answer – But, you know, there's three things that it could be. It could be the best body of work. It could be the best team. And then it could be the best TV show. It's it's all have a waiting. I mean, they all have waitings. And then is is the best TV show not the key? Isn't that the most weighted? I don't think it can be. I think the body of work has to be weighted the most. But it might, that might only be 34% to say it's weighted the most. Yes. All right. Well, listen, to me... This is it, right? So next year it's supposed to be 12, right? Yeah, you know, and one thing that's interesting, I'm a I'm bold prediction. I, I'm old enough to remember when there's 32 teams in the NCAA tournament and they expanded. We're to, talking about basketball now. Yeah, they expand to 48, right? Mm-hmm. There's an uproar. How can we let all these other teams in? And you bring up the point that it's always been a one through eight seed. But I think it's very clear cut at this point that, that the, the tournament's so much better with 64 after like 10 years of having 12 teams in this playoff, we're going to look back when there's only two. And like, what were those idiots thinking to not well, have this, you know, format like this? This is great. See, I, I tend to disagree. Maybe eight is right, but four is too small. See, to some degree, if it wasn't a corrupt system, I kind of like the idea that you can play really well and not make like it should be a cherished thing to get a chance. I mean, it's going to be like literally. I mean, here's the question: Will teams turn down? Like, if Alabama had three losses, right? They lose, you know, they they lose the Auburn game. I don't know. Would they have been in the championship if they lost the Auburn game? Still, yes. Okay, I believe I'm ninety percent. Yeah, and if they lose against Georgia. And they, they still get the 12 slot. Maybe they're like, you know, we're not even going to go. I mean, like, yeah, the money. But the money's there for the bowl games, and teams turn down bowl. Like Miami of Florida when they oh, had— Oh, they're going. They're I know, going. I know. But the point is it's going to be so—it will be so devalued. And let's be candid. Taylor, Missouri, how cool would Missouri had a great year. So it'd be so cool if Missouri was in the final twelve. Well, then, but but it was. But you just you're the one that just said no one wants to see Florida State get beat by or, or TCU or Florida State get beat by forty. Yeah. So why are we going to want to see Missouri get beat because by Missouri's 40? better than Florida State? Missouri could oh, win it all. Well, they're certainly good enough. Well, you just have a thing for Missouri. Then. Pull them up. Pull them up. Well, let's pull them up. They're certainly not. Let's see. They're number twelve. Right, so they by by in the, the same as Washington. Yeah. Well, again, I think Washington shouldn't. I don't think. Well, again, I don't know what the rules are, but I don't yeah. think Washington should be in if it's about the best teams or even the. You see, that's interesting. How much is like this is the only thing where strength of victory or um, margin of victory even matters. I mean, it is a tiebreaker way down in the NFL, yeah. but like I don't think it's ever been applied. Mm-hmm. So it's like why should should why should it matter if you win by ten or if you win by three? Because oftentimes you can have a better chance to lose. But if you win, you win by fourteen. Take a knee when you're up six instead of running for running for the end. Zone. Extreme case, right, right there. I agree. You also heard a lot of people say that Florida State wasn't impressive. They covered by eight. 
They were eight points better than what we expected. If it was sixteen to six or thirty-five uh, to twenty, I didn't get at, that argument. That, no, that's because they got valued as being like dog shit at the end of the so game. So, that would, which yeah, tells yeah. us that the valuation of the marketplace is flawed. Yeah, they they, they downgraded. It's imperfect. Imperfect, exactly. All right. So the last thing I'm going to say is I was talking about the people that have all these opinions. Well, now these opinions have extended into deciding if Florida State's any good. Because let's be honest, if this was Texas and Arch Manning, oh, they're, they're in. Except he's never played. He's a you know. Yeah. So it's like, are we now going to recruiting? Are we literally saying that's a five-star kid? Let's let him. I think in? we are. Well, then I think that's a horrible I, thing. I agree. Because, but you're the one, the strongest proponent they of it. They suck. I don't want to see TC <laughs> on the finals again. <laughs> <laughs> well, but again, that's saying it's a, it's a, it's a. Who cares about the kids? Minimum it's a t- standards. It's a TV show. For I got you. a min. I got a minimum standard. You got to be it, a top twelve team to make my final four. But all joking aside, those kids, you tell them if you do this and this and this at Florida State, you get a chance to play I, for I, national. It's a travesty. Title. It's an absolute travesty. That's why it's great that we're going to an expanded playoff. Yeah, so let's see. Go to the committee's numbers to finish this, because I want to see um, who the 12th and 13th teams are. Let's see what the big debate would have been. Now, I'm guessing it would have been different, right? But let's see. We'll go from number 10. Well, number 9, Missouri. Number 10, Penn State. I mean, I can't wait to see Penn State play a, an Ohio State to play a, a Michigan. You've already again. seen that. Yeah, no, but I mean, that was so, so scintillating. Um, Old Miss. Are you serious? Old Miss? And Oklahoma. You know, this is pretty darn clean. It's a, it, it's a clear delineation. There's. I disagree. LSU is better than a, a couple of those teams for sure. Uh, maybe Ole Miss looks a little high, don't they? I did put in LSU and take out Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be the one team. You know, and, and people proponents of Arizona would say Arizona really came on strong. You know, but I, but I mean, Arizona, you kidding me? You can't put them in over those guys. Now, well, here's what's interesting. Scroll. Uh, let me see a little higher, just a little bit. Okay, so starting at number eight. There's a two-loss team, Oregon. Missouri's two losses. Penn State's two losses next. Mississippi, two losses. Oklahoma, two losses. And then after it, three losses, three losses, three losses, et cetera. Like, uh, scroll down a little, please. Um, three, three, three. Now it's four, 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 four. Okay, and now it's Liberty at 13-0. and 0. I mean, this is just literally how many losses do you have, and we'll arrange you based upon our – you know, affiliations or, or pocketbooks otherwise. That, sure. That's not what ratings should be. With body of work. I mean, San, what's, well, what's San Francisco's body of work? San Francisco's the best team in the NFL, but their, body of, three work, but their body of work, they can't be the number one seed. Okay. Yeah. So, but I didn't, it, what is it? Is it body of work? Because if it yeah. is, Florida State should be in. Oh, but there's exceptions. Okay. The point is, there is no answer. Minimum standards. Yeah, I know that's, you can keep, I mean, word. you're almost saying it in a way where you're flying in the face, you're almost spitting in the face of like competition. And, and, and even when I say minimum standards, obviously, if I've got a zero win, zero loss team, I don't care how much they suck, they're going to get in over every two loss team. Why? Minimum standards. Minimum standards is. I mean, L, what would the line be? LSU. Minimum standards is you can only lose one game. What would and the beat line a team be? That's not qualified. What would the line be between LSU and Florida State right now? A three-loss team. I think LSU would be like minus three and a half. Oh, they'd be more than that. I Maybe think. Maybe so. Yeah. Go go back to Conley. We'll just. Well, well, where's LSU versus Louisville? That's a good comp. Yeah, we can. Uh, again, I trust the Conley stuff more. Because I don't. I think LSU would be like laying three to Louisville. All right, so LSU now, which uh, is where are they listed? Twelve. Uh, 10th. 10th. They're 10th. 
LSU is 10th. Yeah, they're seven goes... points better than Louisville by oh, okay. these numbers. So you're right. So, so, so the fact that Florida State was picking against Louisville, mm-hmm. so probably they should have been minus three. Okay. All right. And now they're saying seven. So they're four. Four. Yeah. Four. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, again, it'd be so much cleaner if they just told us the freaking criteria. Yes. Well, they can't do that because they got the other agenda. Exactly. But you, you're you old enough to remember, obviously, that it used to be that it was just everyone played in their bowl game based upon the affiliation of the conference, and then they voted. The eight, Like the coaches decided, the UPI. There was two national champions. Sometimes. And every now and then the coaches, I believe the, U, the AP would vote, and then if the coaches disagreed with the AP. They'd be a split national They'd title. split it out. Like, like Colorado, Pence, yeah, one year won 11, one one Yeah, and they, and they And they were the co-champions because yeah. they won the, I think they won the coaches' poll. Yeah, so Penn State in, I think, uh, in 95 had a split one, I think. So, yeah, there's, there, and back in the 60s, there was a bunch of split ones. Yeah. And what... But think about this. BYU, who was playing in the whack, and, and McMahon was their quarterback, won the title in 83. And they beat a 6-5 and five Michigan team because yeah. they had no bowl affiliation to play anybody. So it was a year where everybody sucked. All the big boys sucked. And well, there wasn't any undefeated team. That's yes, all there was it was. no undefeated teams. And BYU, because of the conference buy-ins, you know, they, they, they had a shitty bowl game. They, they played like the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten. But I think, didn't you say BYU didn't have a, a bowl affiliation? So they got to kind of shop themselves? Yeah, but but they the, everyone had already been locked in. So like the number two and three seeds in all the big conferences well, you, already been, been handled. So they, but, they I, yeah. I think it was Michigan-BYU. McKenzie can look it no, up. No, I, you're right about that. I remember that. But what I'm saying is I think BYU was smart enough to avoid. I mean, you, you think they wanted to play the number one team? I or they were the number one team? Yeah, but but there was no choice. All those other, all those other um, bowl affiliations already were, were contracted out. Do me a favor, Mackenzie. We're going to start the NFL portion of this, but will you look to see if the Jeff Sagarin ratings or any respected power rating was around in eight? I know Sagarin was around in '83. Uh, can you see where, where BYU was in those power rankings? Yep. I'm I'm just going by memory. I was like 12 years old, <clears throat> but I think they were like I, for some reason 23rd is in my mind. But um, like they were not. I'd be shocked if they were in the top 10. On to the NFL. We always start each week, Fez, with the game that you think was the most egregiously misscoreboarded. What do we got this week? Let's go with the New England Patriots, who somehow played the Chargers even, if not should have won by one point, and yet um, they bageled. No points. Lose 6 nothing. <sighs> what? I mean, so before I think we were talking about this before the show— the point output of New England's opponents the last three weeks. Six, 10, 10. And they're 0-3. Unbelievable. I Listen, I love Belichick. I blame him for this, though. I mean, you have to – if you don't like Pur- – apparently he was out on Purdy because he – last season when stuff was hitting the fan, he went to Alabama and called the coaches there and was saying, I don't know what to do. They're not treating me right. And, you know, it got back to Belichick, and apparently he's never forgiven him, you know, for taking it out. So if you're that mad at him, uh-huh. right, if you're that mad, why don't you get a good backup in there? Exactly. And, and other teams, like you said, you know, other teams got their men's shoes, you know, the world. And, and it's just what's amazing, it, it's very hard for my brain to handle this because for years New England was, like, good in the stats and played like an elite team. And now they're slightly below average in the stats, and they stink. 
They're terrible. I think it just shows you that without offense, I think whatever the stats say, if it's split in defense and offense 50-50. I, I, I agree 100. That really sums it up. That, that offense is so much more important. And you look at this Steichen for you know Indianapolis and what a difference it's made. Yes. And maybe here's the thing about Belichick. When he had Brady, he was comfortable making bold decisions. But it's kind of football 101. Now, maybe it's wrong. But when you don't have a great team – you try to be fundamentally this sound. This is a great point. Right? It's correct for him to punt on fourth and one, kick field goals on fourth and one for the But is it? Because he's, he's losing. Yeah. I mean, that's the question. But again, I can promise you the thing about Belichick, when he's off, he's not God. When he's off, he tends to learn pretty fast that he's off. I hope he leaves New England. Because the, to be candid, the fact that he's like literally his leash is this short. Because I would make the point before this season. And I'm on the Sports Hub every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern in Boston. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Boston's a huge talk radio town, obviously a New England town. And I've been – they were saying, oh, the Patriots have been the worst team in the league. I'm like, okay, but their defense is ranked what? I don't know. I mean, mean, we can look at the different ranking, but it's top 10. Yeah, exactly. How can you be the worst team if you have a top 10 unit? Right, you can't. Right, it's just they haven't been scoring on offense, mm-hmm. and I it, it it does feel like though that hmm, if you look, but if you look before this year, I would make the case it's there's three there was two years. Let's think about this. Before this year, there was three years post Brady. Right, so there's four years now without Brady because there was the three he played. Now there's the fourth. Forget this year. The three prior years they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, Cam got hurt. Cam got hurt, but he wasn't playing all that right. good anyway. Yeah. So he, I think the Patriots had the best record in the NFL of any team over three years that didn't have a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it and it was right around five hundred. Like if you if I told you this team who was drafted at the bottom of the draft for the last twenty years is now going to lose in rapid succession a lot of key personnel, Tom Brady, the goat, as part mm-hmm. of it, how and they won't get lucky and get a quarterback. How, what's their win percentage going to be? You're not thinking 50%. They're winning six games. Yeah, so so to me, I think Belichick overperformed as a coach those three years. This year he hasn't, right, luck or whatever, but he's underperformed at quarterback because if you don't like Mac Jones, why not have a backup? And yeah. there might be a reason. And they've got, like, Zappi is, is like a bad third-string quarterback. They left Zappi off the roster yeah. to start the year. Any team could have had him. Nobody wants him. Yeah, but he. But what I'm saying is Belichick did, must not have wanted him much either. Yeah, they'd, they'd rather have Flacco. <laughs> well, Flacco didn't look so bad. No, no he right. did not. Okay, so this game you felt like they um, New England should have, what, been a, a one, you think? Or how should, they you? should be in overtime right now, 0-0. Zero, zero. All right, if we look at fourth quarter win share, that's what happened actually. Chargers were 89%. And if we actually look at the all stats, oh, look at this. All stats say... Chargers by four and a half. Kevin Cole says um, Chargers by three. Pre-game composite EPA says two. And only the PFF noise cancel has New England by one. So that's interesting. Mackenzie, you want to break down uh, what's happening with the recalculation? Yeah, let's look at it. So um... so new, explain to me, Fez, what it is that, that made, what was it about the game that made you think New England's at least a coin flip, if not better? I, I'll call it a coin flip. Same first downs, mm-hmm. 16 more yards, um, 0.1 more yards per play all across right, so, the board, equally inept. All right, so Mackenzie, I'm guessing the turnovers. One turnover. Yeah, that, that was the difference. 
And and those incremental little wins though were like what point one point two like what was the what was generated from let's say the first down edge by each of the edges. Uh, if we project from the first downs, tie Patriots by uh, yeah pretty much tie Patriots by one. Patriots by... had more first downs. Same. Oh, it was same. Same. Oh, I thought you just said they were okay. All right, so same. We, we might be looking at um some garbage time one first down here or there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, all right, but listen, if you play an even game and you turn the ball over once, you're, you're, you're going to lose most of the time, yes. right? Okay. Zachy. Yeah, so what, it, was, it was the turnover, and, and the amazing thing is, yeah, the spread's five, and they lose by six. Okay, yeah. Well, I had five and a half. Yeah. In this, okay, now, you know what's funny, though, is I, you know, I saw the score late, then I didn't watch the end of the game, and then I— opened up one of my browsers and it said New England 10-7 and I thought oh all right and then I looked and it was it was the um Giants it was the game against the Jets or something it was a browser I had opened like from weeks ago oh. I don't know which game ended 10-7 it was the Giants yeah. or the Jets it, it, it was New England losing the Giants 10-7 okay but I was okay with that yeah. because it was but that wasn't it uh, that was it's like Chargers got two safeties yeah I could see that the way <laughs> you want to hear something funny I won't say it till the Jets. It's a, it's a Jets game. I got something to tell you that you won't believe. Well, let's go to the Jets. No, 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 no. All right, we can do that it's if you want. It's the same theme. It's go ahead. the idea of offense is much more important than defense. So uh, the Jets win. The, the first downs are equal. The Jets win yards. The Jets win YPP. But 0 3 in turnovers, they can't score. Uh, phony final. I think it should be been 0 0, and Atlanta wins by five. Okay. So we'll go over All quick. turnovers. Yeah. So. Um, we got Atlanta recalculation winning by about nine points. We Kevin Cole says about six. Pre-game says even with our EPA, and PFF says five. So actually, it looks like all the calculations come out a little stronger for Atlanta than you by a smidge. Interesting. Um, okay. Right, here it is. I'm going to tell this quick. I started looking at safety. Because here's the thing. I thought there was a chance the Jets were going to just like get down at half and just the defense give up. You know how Denver yeah. last year, at a certain point... Get exhausted. They, sick and, of it. And they're sick of it, right? Because they're, they're giving up their bodies for, you know, let's be candid, with the, the quarterbacks are horrible. Okay, so I figure, what ha- what about having Atlanta win by 14 and a half? You know, whatever the... I think it was 14 or 13 and a half. And then it was like, what about them winning the first half and the second half? So I started finding... I wanted to find some 80 to 1 situations. And then it dawned on me. I said, what about safeties? So I did a quick search in the database, and I found out which teams had the most safeties the last three seasons. So I, f- I figured 20 doesn't count because it wasn't a crowd. 21, 22, 23. I believe the Jets' defense, it might be over the last six games, has scored more safeties than the offensive score touchdowns. That's very possible. Now, the Jets, over the three years before yesterday, the Jets had four safeties— and no one else um, had uh, that many. The Falcons had three safeties, and no one else had that many. Every because other on, team, on, on average, you should get like a safety every two years by each team. Each I think team. that's even high. It's like what sixteen to one against. There was only there was only like twenty six or twenty seven in three years so yeah, okay. far. Okay, all right. So twenty to one against. So basically, a little less than one safety every two years you should get. Yeah. Okay. And 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 I'm thinking. Well, wait a minute. The two teams are playing each other. We got Jets with an offensive line that's a disaster, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, 
okay, I can add in only win by 13 and a half and get a safety. <laughs> and it was paying 80 to one. Wow. So I'm thinking, okay, that's something to do. But then I'm thinking, who's going to get the safety? And I'm thinking it's going to be Atlanta that gets the safety, right? Because the Jets line is so discombobulated and they have a quarterback that's no good. And, and quarterbacks are no good throw like, um, they throw like uh, with intentional grounding in they the run, end zone. They run out of the back of the end zone because they don't have any feeling of where they're at. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, what about both teams having a safety? safety? Did both teams have a safety? No. In this game? No, the it, Jets got one. Well, I didn't I didn't see the last quarter, but um what I saw was the first play of the first score of the game was a safety. safety yeah. And it, and it was uh Jets that got it. Yeah. But here's the thing. I heard you in my ear. The safety for the Jets was 12 to 1 and the safety for Atlanta was 11 to 1. Maybe that was flipped. I don't remember. Hmm. And so you were thinking, okay, it should pay about 120 to one or whatever, right? The math is, it was paying 75 to yeah, one. Yeah, it's just. Nuts. I mean, it was so bad, and I swear to God, if it would have given me even 90 to one, like a fair number. If ever there was a game that was going to go two two. Oh, that would have been that would have been classic, though. I yeah. mean, imagine tweeting out. Well, similar to there was that Penn State Iowa game that was six to four, obviously. So there were two safeties in that game. Yeah, in college. But, but the same team got both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's college, but it's the same thing. You think? I guess if you're playing a team that you dom. I mean, it, yeah. Okay. I mean, if it's a team you can dominate, you're going to get. Not to mention, if you have fourth and two on the 40, you're punting. You're playing the field position game in a game like this. And so you're backing the other team up. You're not going fourth, fourth and two from like the 40 yard line. So, which means there's more safety, chance yes. of a safety. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I I truly believe real quick. What would be the other if if you felt like there was a good chance of a safety? What would be the other things that you would look at? Like like what do you think is connected to that? Now, what I found, how many points do you think a safety affects the game? I took every safety from 1990 on, and I, and in average, those teams are going to be even. Like the average spread was like even, right? Yeah, yeah. So so when a team has the ball in their own one, uh-huh. their their EPA their EPA is like let's say their own inch line is like minus one point five. Okay? I think it's a little lower than that, isn't it? But okay, I think so, it might be two. But so, go ahead. so call it, call it minus one point five. So now you get two points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So instead of being plus one point five, I'm plus two. But now I have the ball at like my own forty. Mm-hmm. That's probably plus two. So I think I go from plus one half to plus four. So I think it's worth like two and a half points. Okay. To get a safety off the back of the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, if you look at the results, and it may be a team. Might be more. Yeah. It's about five and a half points. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was thinking, wow, that could go great with winning by thirteen. Probably because you know why you just punted. And the defense is already tired, and and now you get a safety, and the defense has come right back out on the field, discouraged. I think there's momentum. I mean, I you often see a good return when they punt, they usually punt it, right? And they oftentimes wind up at midfield. Yeah, yeah so that's point. interesting, though. Okay, um, let's do this. We've talked about the two games. Let's talk about the biggest games, and then we'll double back to any more faulty finals. Oh, let's talk about San Fran Philly. Okay, go ahead. So it would be easy to say that all our handicaps were spot on and screw it. You know, minus one, minus two, minus two and a half. You could lay minus three. Hey, this line should have been double digits. And the the cautionary tale, if I can go in my time machine and, and they're replaying it, yeah, San Fran should have been a bigger favorite. But it played out exactly as we expected. Philly got tired, and San Fran just pretty much had their way with them after the first quarter. 
But I could have made the same argument about Oregon-Washington, right? And Oregon lost as a 10-point favorite. So I think I'd be a little bit careful about saying, hey, these good story narratives have to play out. But uh, San Fran absolutely dominated the game. And this has been with the numbers as as clean as you can imagine. 100% win share, obviously, in the fourth quarter. 14 points in the recalculation of the stats. 17 18 and 17 from the three other majors, Cole and the pregame composite, PFF. And I'm kicking not considering some derivative bets on alternative lines because I talk about the bid-ass differences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, it felt like Philly... I don't know if they gave up, but they did. I mean, you know, they didn't give up, but they were just they were just they were done, tired. So. They were yeah. tired, and they had Dallas on deck, and we talked about that. How if they got down fourteen, they'd be like, "Yeah, we got a big game against Dallas." We were talking how good Miami is, but the number one offense this week of line of scrimmage play EPA San Francisco, and Philly was number eleven. Philly's offense is good. The defense is the problem, I think. Yeah. I mean, and it might get obscured by the fact they just got blown out. I think looking for Dallas over, for example, if I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking Dallas over. How much Dallas team total? How much do you think this line three and a half now, Dallas favorite, is about Hurts and the uncertainty of him playing? Oh, I I think he's certain to play. Okay, so he doesn't have a concussion. We know he did he because because he came back into the game. Okay. He didn't. He, yes. So, so I, I think it's all about Philly's tired is the narrative. All right. So there was 20, 26 series, you're saying, and 12 or 13, they started with a pass. They had a successful series, meaning they got a first down or a touchdown. And 12 or 13, they started with a run, they got a touchdown or a, a first down or a touchdown. Right. 92.3% on either one. Wow. So the series success rate, 92. Point, I mean, Kenzie's just beaming like he's a proud father. <laughs> 92.3. Listen, I mean, I th- our, our NFC bet is feeling pretty good right now, plus two and a half. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think, I think the NFC, wow, I could make a case minus two looks good right now. Let's quickly go over Monday Night Football. Hmm? And, well, yeah, I would think that. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, Baltimore's like in Miami, I guess, right? I mean, KC's always if they make it, they'll be scary, you know. But yeah, I like it for sure. But here's the thing: Dallas is the second team I'd be okay with within the NFC, but I wouldn't feel good with Philly in there right no. now. But again, who knows how they're going to evolve, right? R- right. And Detroit uh, looks worse. Wouldn't you agree oh, with that? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I um, uh, Cincy Jacksonville, so all about Browning. We thought Browning was not a capable quarterback, mm-hmm. and he was good. He played, a, he played a fine game. Jacksonville's offense was fine. Obviously, Trevor Good, Lawrence, or was he not horrible? He was good. Okay. He was, he was excellent, in fact. If, 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 if he had been Burrow, we'd be like, yep, that's the Joe Burrow we know. So how much do you upgrade Cincinnati? I think you got to upgrade. It's one data point, but I think probably – Boy, two and a half points. They went from an incompetent quarterback to a capable one. Mm-hmm. But again, this is something. If you think of the whole Bayes theory or Bayesian um, statistic, or I guess probability, is Pittsburgh. There was one data point, and it was like, oh, they got rid of that OC. Yeah. And they looked pretty bad this week. So, you know, again, I think we always got to remember when we're not sure, we can adjust, but we can't adjust as if it's certain. Sure, but there's nothing fluky at all about this game. In fact, the one fluky play was since he threw a a horrific interception, but it was Tyler Boyd, their wide receiver, that threw it right to a Jacksonville dude. So they gave Jacksonville seven points, basically, when it was 21-all. Still won the game. Lawrence got hurt. We'll see. It looks like it looked like on the field, as you were saying, that it was kind of serious. But I'm hearing it's an ankle. You're saying looked like a broken ankle to me, but broken. I don't have an M. But I don't have. Some people were were, were say were speculating something else, but yes. Oh, they were thinking Achilles. 
Yes. Oh, okay. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Ankle, heel, it's all bad. It's all banged up down there. So yes. is Hugh, who's going to win the division? Houston's going to win the division. That would, that'd be a nice little, you know, I don't want, I mean, tre, is Trevor Lawrence qualified for EPA? I, I think he's qualified already, I'm thinking, for QBR, right, for the year? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, Can Andy win the he's, division? Yeah, yeah. He's been a disappointment, this Lawrence. Ugh. All right. Next game. All right, let's go to Green Bay and Kansas City. I'm feeling the love. I, I mean, I know he, he, he struggled mightily, and I know they got it's that. his first year. I was thinking about you. They, they, like, they, they interviewed one guy, and, they, and, and he was like, never liked playing in Green Bay. That, that slick turf always seemed to throw me off. You know? <laughs> yeah, so one of the does. announcers said that. Um, but, the, but, but love was masterful, and you just got the feeling of, you know, Mahomes' um, receivers are dropping passes again. Um, Mahomes, I still think looks great, but um, but the, the the Green Bay offense really was clicking. So this made the rounds. Rusillo was talking about it. It's Jordan Love's first eleven games against Aaron Rodgers. We're not even going over it because this is BS. Mm. And here's why: Look at what the league averages yes. were back in two. If th- nothing else, though, it's uncanny. Yeah, because it's exactly the same yards. It's certainly. Were, in fact, I just noted. Right, fair enough, but. But if it was even off by 10 yards, it's like you got to account for the, the standard level at the time. Versus 2006. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, let's think about this. I mean, quarterback rating is flawed, but look at what the average quarterback rating was in 2006 for the whole year for all teams. And um, Pro Football Reference will have this and do the same thing for this year or last year, let's say. And it's going to be because we don't have a full season. It's going to be very different. I bet it's 15 points different. What it's a turnaround. versus 82 in 2008. So it was seven points different. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a little bit down this year from a couple years ago. Two weeks ago, we're like, Green Bay's going to win 7.2. They got a shot at the 7.5, and, and now it's like they're going to win 9 or 10. Yeah, this, was, this is nice. And, and it goes to show you, a lot of people in the media were saying, well, you know Jordan Love, they knew he wasn't any good. He, mm. he, this is one and done, one and done. It's like, all right, I want to hear it. I mean, we all want to be so quick to these answers. Nothing fluky. I mean, some bad refereeing across on both sides of, of, of the – but if it cancels, Green Bay was worthy of winning this game. So how – what is wrong? So right now, if you were Green Bay and you had to make a decision, Jordan Love is your, your starting quarterback next year, planned to be, meaning he could be benched or whatever, but you can't have a – you could have a good backup maybe – but this year they don't necessarily. So the question is, do you say yes to Jordan Love or do you say no? Yes. You say yes. Yeah, I no think brainer. I think it's a no-brainer too. Yep. By the way, NFC minus three right now at the Westgate. Wow. Okay, good good thing there. Um, I wish all these bets had ten times as I mean, like we got nice pieces on them, but I you know, I never want I never put like I never do like fifteen dimes on one. The only bet I've ever put that much on was the Mayweather. Did you see my tweet? No, no. Which one? I, I, I tweeted that you, you see all these people out there tweeting like $25,000, bets against, you know, books like the Westgate. Yeah. And I said to quote Robert Redford in The Sting, they wouldn't let you bet that much if they didn't know you were a sucker. <laughs> right? Well, I think that's fair. Though the question is what the limits, like like Circa lets you bet that, right, yes. in theory. I, I, even, I, I said, and other than Circa and Caesars. You know, Caesars takes. So big they're taking right a big now. bet now. All right. Yes. All right. From most people. Well, when I well when I when I hit one of these two hundred to one same game parlays, I there maybe it'll be against Caesars. All right. Um. So what's wrong with Kansas City? How good is Kansas City? Kansas City has uh, their defense is very good. 
They, is it, or do we have only half a season and a little bit more? I think their defense is very good. All right. And they're, they have the best quarterback in the world, and they have no receivers. They just have no receivers. So the fact they won, you know, to me, there's been two Super Bowls that could so could have went either way in the last couple of years, five years. Obviously, the Rams won, and that completely changed. I mean, what would the Rams be? Now, listen, they might make the playoffs this year, but – that Super Bowl validates everything the Bengals, they did. Rams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how the Rams could, should have lost to, or I don't know, should have, very easily could have lost to the 49ers. Forget making the sure. Super Bowl, right? And then last year it could have went either way. Yeah. If they lose last year's Super Bowl, Kansas City, by a smidge, let's say it's, it just flipped, and they lost the same way Philly lost, and now this year they're down? This Tyreek Hill trade is going to look would look horrible. Oh yeah, I I I, th- oh, I think it does look horrible. Except think, in theory, they got a Super Bowl already. Yeah, but they should. They I mean, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. It's going to work out. But yes. and now they got this defense because of those draft choices. In you, you, you know, on the final play, I don't I, I don't know if you saw this. So there's that on the hail mary. So um, Kelsey is jogging down the field. It's the last play of the game. It's time to like really go is after. He texting it. with anyone? Yeah, he's like sending. He's got a Swifty bracelet. And he's <laughs> jogging down. La la la. And he's just gassed completely. And guess who they throw the ball to? Kelsey. Uh-huh. He, I mean, everyone. They threw it to everybody in yeah. the end zone on the hail mary. But the point was that he, there was there was no other plan. You don't have anybody else that he trusts at all. Well, the one dude, oh, Pacheco got thrown out, right? Yeah, Pacheco threw a right hook, so he was done. So. And, and the guy had a helmet on? Yeah. That's always a questionable decision. But he got pushed, so I can see why he was upset. Hmm. <laughs> now, where, where, on the football field, yeah. where where is Kansas City in your rankings? Um, they are fourth. That's as low as they've been all year. It's as low as they've probably been in five years, right? Yeah. So, legitimately, should they even be fourth? I mean, if if this was a if this was a blind resume, and we looked at Kansas City's all their numbers, if it wasn't Mahomes, if it wasn't for belief in him, all Alabama, you know, maybe you can't put this into the numbers. Wouldn't wouldn't they be lower? Like, what have they done? Nah, impressive the numbers are still. What's good. their impressive wins? They should have beaten Philly, but the well, idiot receiver missed. Okay, yeah. again, there's only so many shoulda wouldas. So. At Jacksonville, they won seventeen to nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently Lawrence was injured at that point. Yeah. Is what they're, I mean, all I'm saying is it. I guess the Miami win was nice, but again, yeah. that was a coin flip, right? I mean, yeah. Mahomes is. I mean, if that any, was a good win. That was a good. They're up twenty-one nothing. Yeah, that was a well, good, but that was their best one. But I see. I'm always confused when the points matter at the beginning and when they don't. Because I could easily say, "Oh, Miami got the jet lag wrong," and once yeah. they woke up, you know, it's, it's more impressive to win 21 nothing and then 21 14 than to be 14 14 and win 21 14. Because you'd naturally say to yourself, "All right, we're up 21 nothing. Let's not screw it okay. up in the second half." Okay. So if it gets, to, but if it's like seven point changes, it, it doesn't. Okay. Matter. All right. So you're saying if there's any chance of a letdown, you got to account for that. Yeah. Just like by example, the Detroit win against New Orleans, they only won by five. It basically is on the number. But I'm like, yeah, but they were up 21 nothing. So like, I got to look to downgrade New Orleans despite landing on the number because they were down so much. Let's do that game next. Real quick, though, I'm looking at this. They beat the Jags in Week 2. They lost the Lions. Beat the Bears pretty badly, but the Bears were so bad on defense at that point. Beat the Jets by 3. Vikings, they win by 7. But again, Vikings were good at that point. They almost lose to the Broncos. Beat the Chargers handily, but again, that's diminished. They lose to the Broncos. They beat by seven the Dolphins. And that Eagles, I mean, to be honest, I got the Eagles, 
They lost. Hmm. And then the Raiders. Now the Raiders was convinced, but they were down 14. I mean, this doesn't. This feels like a classic. The team won the Super Bowl. You know, like a little th- bit overvalued. Like Cowboys when they had their streaks. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers had two years they didn't win it. You can't win it every year. It doesn't feel like Kansas City's year. I agree. All right, so let's go to the ne- you were talking so about. I just talked game? about how Detroit got up twenty-one nothing, so I can't upgrade New Orleans. But if I look at the underlying stats, yeah, I think it was a five-point win. I think it was clean. I think I didn't make any change to my to my numbers. Uh, yards per play, Detroit won. New Orleans got more first downs, they, and they got back in, and they did have a legitimate chance finally at the end of the game. Okay, so looking at our projections, the mathematics of it. Detroit by almost 15 points we've got here. They only won by five. The stats, the stats were heavy, huh? I mean, New Orleans won yards. New Orleans won first downs. Mackenzie, you want to give us a breakdown here? Yeah, Lions won turnovers by 13 points, so that's okay. the majority of that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think what we should do is maybe have the line of scrimmage and the recalculation on the same page, and then we can always see how much the turnovers are. Saints actually won the line of scrimmage barely by yeah. about a point. And if you actually look here, Kevin Cole... Has the Saints winning the game? Uh, pre-game composite has the Saints winning the game, and the PFF noise cancel has only a one-point win by Detroit. Yeah, but because they're down twenty-one nothing, I'm not buying into the numbers. I think that Detroit was too conservative. Next game, Fez, you want to hand Arizona Pittsburgh? What a disappointment! You know what? I think we have to reevaluate the cards and just they didn't have a quarterback. You think? You think? I know Dobbs played well, but uh, this Kyler Murray that this is a real offense and this is a team. Remember, we just talked about how I was like RJ. They're only going to win three games. Exactly. Well, I they've remember. won three games now, so they got to lose them all. And there's nothing fluky about this game. I mean, the weather was bad, but that should have helped Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, it should have been a close. It should have been a much closer game. But um, Pittsburgh had no business being a six-point favorite. Six and a half, right? This yep. is eerie how if Tomlin's the dog, yep. they play with intensity. They rarely lay an egg. When they're the favorite, they lay eggs like crazy. I mean, Houston, they were favored. They laid an egg. Lose 34-10, and here they're down 3-24. to You know, Tomlin did something. I don't know if he tried a field goal down 21 or 14 in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. But it's like, you know, one of those situations, you cannot try a field goal there. And he missed it, you know, in bad weather. And it's just, what are you doing? You know what you could do is when he's inducted in the Hall of Fame, you could try to like catch him in a bathroom and tell him all the mistakes he made. I will, I will do that. I'll probably be in a good mood going in the Hall of Fame. And I all. mean, you realize yeah. he's almost a short thing for the Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, completely. Now, does it feel weird to like tell the Hall of Fame coach how bad? Well, hey, all you got to do is get an analytics guy to tell you what to do, man. And then you do, you, you do your motivation speaking and your X's and O's. And you, but and don't, you're great don't you at get that. these football guys don't believe the little spreadsheets? They don't. Some of them don't think it's true. That's, that's the problem. You yeah. watch. I mean, you watch almost. You know. At, Every time there's a game on, you're at least watching a game most of the time. Yes. Is you saw the Dallas game. So it seems like Seattle went three times for it on fourth down and missed every one. And it didn't feel like there was much of a chance on any of them. <laughs> it's true. Was it right for Seattle to go for those? Yes, it was. Okay. I know. It's like, but well, part of it, a game like that, nobody's punting, right? I mean, literally, nobody well, yeah, punted. You're not punting if you always give the ball to the that's other team. A good, on- that's a good point. And then <laughs> the other teams are going to score because now they only have to go 50 yards. Yeah. It, Boy, it, I was happy Dak got that last touchdown because it just it changed the narrative a little bit. Sure. Oh, especially just winning the game. MVP. Yeah. Yes. Now, well, let's talk about that for a second. So Seattle now is like a 12-point underdog against San Francisco. You Fran. know, I'm torn because they played very well against Dallas, and mm-hmm. now they've got 10 days to prepare. Mm-hmm. But 
we just saw that this game on Thanksgiving, right, where Seattle was home mm-hmm. and they're catching seven, and it wasn't nearly enough, right? And I now agree. they're on the road to so flip the foam fields and let's make it ten. Now let's add two points for that. Except Seattle's looked good since then. San Fran's so, looked good. Yes, but 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 just that game, San Fran looked great and mm-hmm. Seattle looked terrible. So I think you make a two point adjustment for just that game, and I get to twelve, and that's what the line is. So. Two point adjustment just for the Seattle, but but I that two point, but the, the two. Oh, okay, go seven, ahead. I go seven to ten. Okay, uh, to flip Seattle the home field. Home, yeah, to flip okay. the home field to get San Fran minus ten. I got it. And then I add two for that for that game where they just murdered Seattle. Got okay. it. Okay, right, so you're but but then that then that's not accounting for last week's game. But I guess they, they both, both look good. Okay, yeah. okay. They both they both did great versus expectation, but in San Fran even more. I mean, so I got twelve. But but what I'm saying is, has a team. As good as Seattle, been in a situation where they're all—I mean, you can go half a season and not have a line above like thirteen and a half. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, a, like, a medium team is not supposed to be catching twelve unless they're playing an elite NFL team. So that's what you got, San Fran as, yeah. or is this just a matchup thing? Uh, no, I've got San Fran as an elite NFL team. I got them ten what? points better than an average team. That's, okay, so thinking about it's this, as good as a team's been the last five years. But in a weird way, it's always been a death nail. The death nail. Baltimore you had the Rams, right? Baltimore, Baltimore. No, the Rams never got that. No, no. I'm saying the Rams a couple years ago yeah, got there, but right? But that was, that was week four. Yeah. I don't think they have – they were just really good for week four team. I think Baltimore, I death nailed them. I think they got to like a plus 11. Remember that five years ago? They oh, were yeah. They all yeah, those games yeah. by double digits. They, they, the first year – the second year with Lamar, his second year when he won the MVP. As soon as I said, RJ, the, this team's like the highest power rate team I've had, <laughs> you know, like since, since the undefeated Patriots. <laughs> And then they <laughs> down the tubes. But can you do me a favor? Take a look in the database. We're going to keep moving. But take a look at a team loses against, the, uh, let's say, straight up by 10-plus or maybe 14-plus. They lose ATS by, you know, whatever range that was. Ooh, and, and then they play. And then they weeks. play again. Within three weeks. Yeah, within w- – w- w- this would be two, two weeks, weeks, right? Yeah, two yeah weeks. make it two weeks and see if we get that, and then we can check three. Might not cool. be any data points. Oh, I think they're yeah. I mean, because those t- turnarounds happen. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, if we go back 40 years, I mean, yeah. we can go back uh, 30 years. Okay, um, next game for you. What do you got? Let's go to Indianapolis, Tennessee. All right, so you got Indy as a below-average team right now. I have them the number 15 team. Okay, all right, all right. right at average. What did and, you think of this game? Uh, I think Tennessee should have won by one. I think it all came down to Tennessee, uh, two block punts. They gave up, and they gave up. Uh, they missed an extra point because their holder got hurt. So they had to they had to put in. Um, so they lose by three. They get two blocked punts, and you're saying they maybe should have won. Yeah, the stats were equal in the game. Yeah, yeah, but boy, I mean, if you just I know look at- from that perspective, they should have won by. It sounds like they should have won by seven, but I mean, first downs Tennessee won, yardage Tennessee won by a small amount, yards per play Indianapolis won. I I think Tennessee should have maybe won by a field goal. I think it was a phony final. I tell you, if you get two blocked punts in a game, you got out coached because they saw they saw yes. something. Yes, I mean Vrabel can't feel good about that. Wow, but it was good for. I mean, we had a very good week when it came to our season long, right? Green Bay. Green Bay was very good. Yeah, I guess. Um, I well, you. I didn't have Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. What are you yeah. thinking now on that one? I, you know, it's interesting because there's a free fall going on in the AFC. Everyone's struggling. Um, the Bengals. Pittsburgh game's going to be a big game now. Okay. But that game's in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh will win that game. Now, um, let's think about this. So, you know, obviously there's Buffalo that has a chance coming off the bye. But what's the—is Pickett, how long is he out for? I hear three to four weeks. Okay. All right. 
So I don't think that's good. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, it's not a death knell. I mean, nah, it's not, you're right, yeah. but we don't know. I mean, let's be honest. We don't know how, well, yeah, listen, Pickett wasn't that good either, obviously. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, let's think about this a second here. So Tennessee, and we had Tennessee under. This was a game they could have won. Yeah, I, they're done, so we're, we're heading to the window. You think we're good on that? All right, and... Um, so this is the time of year. I mean, we'll look forward a little to week 14, and we'll have our show that comes out overnight Wednesday into Thursday morning, um, the pre, you know, the weekly preview, dream preview. I think it's time where, where tanking starts to happen. Like, not tanking, but I think there's the, the psychology of these teams does seem to change at a certain point. So Arizona, maybe, it's not changing. It yeah, seems. but New England, you start to, you know, if we're going to suck all year long, hmm. Did you see anything in that game that you felt like Belichick wasn't trying to win? I, I did not watch that game. Okay, okay. Because I, I just don't, I don't know. Obviously, the effort is there on the defensive side, and that's where the effort usually, you know, wanes first. So, okay, this is interesting. So, tell, tell us the criteria. So, you lost the last game against the spread by more than ten points. You lost the game outright by more than ten points, and this is your previous matchup versus a team you've played within two weeks' time. Uh, and the game that you lost was against the team you're playing now. Yes. So okay. this is the Seahawks 49ers situation. Those teams are 11, 16, and 1 ATS. Now, this is shocking. I, now, I'm let's shocked. be clear. Who The team in this case is who? The Seahawks are in this negative trend Okay. Here. okay. I, I would have said intuitively the team bounces back. You know what's funny, though? This feels like another example that when things are extreme, extreme, they tend to keep going that way. And, and obviously these are division games. Yeah. So maybe that makes a difference. And it's more about the matchups than anything else. So go to 14 on the, um, on the straight up and then make it two or three weeks. And, it, I mean, take a minute with that, but give me the combined record because that's going to be interesting. 10 maybe isn't enough. 14's, you know, once you're two touchdowns. But that's interesting. Um Okay, so anything else on the – I mean, what do you think of um, Lavis? I mean, there was talk about Tannehill. I, th I thought he was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I, th I think I – 28 think, points. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think um, I think the the it's time to start fading Indianapolis. They're just not that good. Okay, so our recalculation had them winning by three and a half. Kevin Cole said three. Pre-game EPA says 3.8. And here's a outlier – Tennessee by seven by PFF. That's interesting. I'm going to have to read that analysis. Okay, uh, let's just go rotation order. I'll just go up here and we can keep rolling. Carolina, Tampa Bay? Yeah, okay. So you liked – so I – listen, I felt like Tampa – I mean, it got a little pricey, I thought, and it probably was too pricey. Um, but uh, Carolina, I mean, you think they should have covered? It looks like you think so, right? I think they should have – Lost by three or five. Okay. okay. I, I literally think this was Plinko. It came down to a two-point <laughs> conversion, 21-16, and it was a 50-50 game, whether they're going to cover four. Okay. And what was the Super Contest line? Do you remember? Was I, it six? It wasn't. It, it was five and a half. It was five and a half. It was five and a half. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so, so so, if you had the good number at five and a half, you were fine. Are we on the dog? Are if, you're, we, if you're looking at the closing number, three and a half, you were sweating it. You know what? If you laid three with Tampa, which it got to at late Saturday night, yeah. early Sunday, you were never in jeopardy. You were going to push your win. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Pre-game recalculation has a five and a half Tampa right on the spread. But Kevin Cole has Carolina by five. Pre-game composite has by two. And once again, the PFF noise cancel is the other way, Tampa by two. So that one's pretty split. 
Interesting because Tampa won the yards per play 5.6 to 4.1. So that's a real you know, nice differential. Yeah, and we got them winning by five. So we got them on, on the – see, these other guys don't look at – uh, as far as I can tell, they're not looking at yards as much. They're looking yeah. at success rate, yeah. you know, et cetera. But, but I mean, and success rate's important, but obviously um, gaining 18 yards for first down is better than gaining five. And that's what we're doing because right now McKenzie's been doing some leading some work on us having version two of the recalculation model. So right now, so right now, and in, in, uh, so there's the R squared, Right there's the R, and then there's the first number in the Excel output that um what what, what is that label? The multiple R, yeah. Also called the Pearson correlation. Yes, yes, yes. So it's the basic correlation. Um, so this this model explained what percentage of the scores, and right now with our unfinished version two. What percentage are we at? Gone from 84% to the latest model, predicting 90% of the variability in scores. So, in theory, there's 16% that wasn't being predicted by our our stuff, and we've knocked off six of that percent. Exactly. All right. It's pretty good. You were pretty impressed with my uh, my late down. Adjust. I mean, I gave three points to the R-square. It's very logical. If you don't get a third down... That affects your fourth down, so that has to be considered. Yeah, this is this is fun because it's helping me understand the same game parlays, which I really yeah. have a hankering for those because I think they're beatable. Okay, next game, Fest. Miami, Washington. Miami is a bully. They beat the hell out of bad teams, and they did it again. Sam Howell still getting a lot of. I mean, did you? I mean, obviously they put up 15 points only. Remember, they sold bad off. Bad game. Yeah, yeah. You, Howell was bad. We got this. Is amazing. Recalculation, 28 points we think Miami should have won by. Wow. And uh, 18 Kevin Cole, 8 pregame composite, 24 PFF on the same and side. They just, and they don't let up. Miami wins the fourth quarter, 7 nothing. You know, so like normally in, in games like this, you see the dog at least, you know, you know, salvage a tie in the fourth quarter. Not in this case. If you see, I mean, don't make this a priority, but if you see... And like a two a number that looks juicy. Two a yeah. Thanks I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind winning like a Protecting nickel. Protecting your your yeah. Maybe win a nickel on like a hundred on or something. Well, no, because I think the number only number I think would be juicy would be like ten to one. 10 to one yeah. So I would say fifty at ten to one would get me there. So. Gotcha. By the way, I'd be remiss not to point out what has to be like one of the greatest touchdown celebrations of all time: the roller coaster. Did you see it? <laughs> I don't think so. So the cheetah scores. Okay, the cheetah. And he sits down. Like he's in like a kayak or something, a canoe, and he and and then the person, the a player behind him does the same thing, and, and he take, puts his hand up in the air, okay, his right hand, and then the lineman comes, and there's like five guys in a row, and he takes their hands, and he buckles them down like it's a seatbelt, and he goes one after another. And then the roller coaster starts, and they put their hands up, and they go to the left and the right, and like they're riding a roller coaster. Well, it's not as good as the Icky Shuffle, is it? Well, th- th- this was a team celebration, <laughs> which made it, it, and it was so choreographed. I-, I swear they spent half their practice time working on the roller coaster. It was a thing of beauty. Well, they're doing all, I mean, in a way, there's a joy to it, you know? I think sometimes it's joyous, and sometimes it's like, it's, it's, it's um, ridiculing the other team, which, you know, so... Now, do they penal? Do they get penalized for this? No. Look really? how quickly they get up after they're done. They were they had that celebration. As long as they out. do not use a foreign object in the celebration, I believe you can use the football, but you can't do it's like like when when Zeke jumped into the Salvation um, the Army pot, for yeah. instance. That's a foreign object. That's automatic flag. What happens if Iron Mike Sharp had on the leather? 
Why did they allow that? The pride of Kennedy at this big leather, like, like, and like one. And he used like, to put steel in there. Iron Mike Sharp. Yeah, because like he, like literally his forearms were like 16 inches on his right hand and like 12 on his left. There had to be like a lead piece of metal in there. Some people thought he was a heavy masturbator. That was. <laughs> That would be rough. Like ankle weights yeah. type situation? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, that guy <laughs> hasn't had a date in five years. Uh, are you really not laughing, Mackenzie? I'm laughing. Well, then you're <laughs> all right. Good. I want one of those. I want to be Iron Mike Sharp, and, I, and I'm going to pass on the masturbation thing for Thanksgiving. But I'll go with the rest of it. All right. Next game. Next game. Let's go. Denver, Houston. So this is the one. You were right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got you got the money. Oh. Actually, I watched the game, so I, I think you were right. I think like Houston left some points early on. They could have gotten up by more, and Denver had a nice comeback. But um, uh, the market went your way. Yeah, the market went my way initially down to three. But then this is one of those classic examples. The marquee loved the dog plus three and a half, and they loved the favorite minus three, even though it's not a profitable middle. Um, I think. Well, but it's not the same people. It's someone that had a lean one. I think the Tank Dell injury. So that's that's the gifted um, wide receiver for Houston. Unfortunately, rookie rookie broke his. Yes. it's just me. I don't usually want to use my 190-pound speeding wide receiver as a lead block in the middle of the scrum, but um, that yeah. was just unfortunate. Well, I mean, I don't know, but technology today, I got. I mean, football has injuries. It's just hopefully they come back 100%. You know, it just yep. seems so random when people don't. It seems counterintuitive. These broken legs apparently are not nearly as bad as like tearing a ligament. No, you know? I when I, I you know I only had one major injury and I had a high ankle sprain. And I went to, I mean, I couldn't put any pressure on it for like three weeks. I mean, these guys that play on it, I can't even fathom that. But they said if you would have broken your ankle, it would have been better. Yeah. So, I, I mean, when they say that stuff, it's like, whew. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I wasn't rehabbing like a real pro, like, because I wasn't a pro. But I six months later, it wasn't 100%. I mean, I was playing on it, but it just wasn't the same. Cincinnati Reds history, you said you want it. Davey Concepcion rounding second, hit the bag so hard. He he broke his ankle. Yeah, it was like. Then what? he still ran home. He still got the he run. He was injured so bad. He took two steps past second. Oh. Collapsed on the ground and couldn't even crawl back to second. They tagged oh. him out as he just laid there in agony. Pete Rose would have like need him. Pete or something. Rose would have crawled to third. <laughs> I don't know about that. Let me add. All right, next game. Next game. Uh, well, let's see. Cleveland Rams. Okay. The Ram- uh, Where you got the Rams? The Rams are moving up. Um, it seems so too high. Um, I have the Rams tenth. They they're not a top but, ten. But here's team. the here's the question. This isn't about the body of work. It's about how good this team is today. This Williams running back really makes a difference. But even if you forget about, let's add him for sure. But if you look at the games that they've had Stafford, yeah. I mean, they're, they're playing are they worse very, than the top you know, ten? They're I mean, playing they, very well. Now, this was a phony final because Flacco played well against their defense, and this game was um, you know, in the balance for most of the game, and the Rams separated. We talk about, like, all 36-19 to 19 games are not the same. So the Rams were basically tied late into the third quarter in this game, and then they separated in the fourth quarter. So I would argue it's a misleading final. Rams probably should have won the game by, eh, nine points. Well, our recalculation says 9.4. And everyone has the Rams winning just by varied scores. The closest one, Kevin Cole says, only by one. Mm. All right. So let me tell you a theory I have, and you can tell me if you think I should fire this week. Okay. 
Oh, I don't like the matchup, though. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine, actually. Let me think about this a second. Oh, well, because of the injury. Oh, I wish. God darn it. I wish that. Jacksonville, Cleveland? Yeah. All right. So here's my thinking. All right. I was ready to fire the under big time on the Browns. The Rams being so, I think, explosive when they've had their people in place, it kept me off it. My sense is. The Rams? Yeah, the Rams. I'm talking about last week's game okay, okay. for a second, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So I didn't fire. It would have lost. I would have liked the under greatly. Because here's my thinking. The Browns with Flacco are going to not make as many big mistakes, right? They're not going to throw a bunch in. There's not going to be pick six returns. I mean, he's a professional quarterback. He might be slow. He's at the end. And number two, they probably play more conservatively, trying to win hard-fought games. I think they just slow everything down, it feels like. Didn't, it didn't feel like that in the game, but, though. But, but that's the question, is looking at the game, was it forced by the game state for the Browns? No, because the game was close almost the whole way, and Flacco looked like a gunslinger. Okay. It looked like he All was right. going So I was just field. wrong about that. Okay. I agree I agree with your analysis completely. Before I the game, I could, you I couldn't believe it. I was like, play Flacco. I don't know his number. It was like under 210 pass yards. They're just going to run the ball, and he got like in the mid-250s with some longer completions down in the middle. Well, he was always a big game hunter. Like, yeah. it, he would have games where he was like five for four, you know, five for 19, but hit too long and get one pass interference. And, you know, all right, all right. And um, again, to me, and it matters how you bet. Fez is a master at looking at a bunch of bets and knowing, not knowing for sure, but having a good idea. This is a 10% win. This is a, or not, this has an edge, this has an edge, this has an edge. I'm one where I like all my edges to be lined up, right? And and I think most people lose, right? The the classic line is the optimal bet for the typical batter is zero if you're just trying to make money, right? Right. Perfect bet sizing because you're going to hit less than 52.4% and you're minimizing your losses. Hey, we do have weather um, in four of the different locations. Yeah, real quick, though, finishing that point mm-hmm. is if you are – Comfortable with lesser volume, I think until you can get to the level where you feel like you can, it's so much easier to win five bets a week. And I'm talking about not just NFL, but whatever you're looking at, than it is to win 25 bets a week. You, uh, it, meaning you might win more feds with the volume, but the average better. The threshold of winning five bets a week is is lower than winning twenty five bets a week. Would you? Yes, yeah, so yeah, with a with a sample of or with a volume of twenty five bets. I, I agree, and a whole bunch of my bets are kind of like uh, they're memorized bets, especially mm-hmm. live, where I say I see this situation before, and um, in this situation, I'm pretty much going to p- play it every time. So an example would be, it's it's a t- it's like a three three game with good quarterbacks midway through the second quarter. I'm going to play over. I just know that that's a profitable subset in the NFL. That they, your eyes say these teams can't score. Believe me, they're going to score. All right. Well, listen. We had we got anything else? You said weather, and then yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. So four cities have weather. So be careful. Like uh, Detroit, so, Chicago. So mm-hmm. Chicago has weather. Cleveland. Wait. I'm sorry. Detroit. So it's not Detroit and Chicago. It's they're playing each other. Yeah. So, so give me the home team. Chicago. Uh-huh. Cleveland. Jets. Baltimore. Okay. Those are the cities with weather. All right. Any closing thoughts? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. uh, One more closing thought, just um, forecasting college football. I do think, and I want your opinion on this, we spoke about this before, I think money is going to come on Alabama. They're the dog against Michigan, one-point dog, one-and-a-half-point dog. I think they're going to be close a one-point favorite. Okay. So if you're going to bet Michigan, wait. If you're going to bet Alabama, 
bet them right now. How much of that action do you think is driven? Obviously, Saban and the popularity there. Uh, he's a winner, right? How much do you think is people questioning Harbaugh and the cheating, saying they're not going to cheat against Alabama? They w- they're going to change so much. I just think SEC against a Big Ten team that's not Ohio State. But it's the number one seed. Don't care. It's a Big Ten team. All right. And then the second line move, I think the narrative is so good for Texas because it's a Sugar Bowl. Right, it's almost in Texas and Louisiana, and I think money will come on Texas because of that. And the, um, what would we just see? We saw Texas win by a zillion in the Big Twelve championship game. So Texas is laying four and a half right now. I think it's going to go up a little bit. Who do you like in that game? I don't know yet. I got to check with Vito. So, if Texas wins, and you know, Alabama, Michigan is going to be a pick em, or one, one, two, whatever. So it's close. What do you think the Texas winner of Michigan, Alabama line would be? It depends. <laughs> well, because, because Texas will let's be Let's say a, a normal it's, outcome. It's in, it's in Texas. So it's like they'll get like a, a point and a half bump for home field. Texas will. Really? A point and a half? Seem a little high? Well, I mean, what's home field now in college football? Oh, Three and a half. Okay, for the good program. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, well, listen, we got some time, so we'll see. We'll check in. And real quick, what's the current number on the Georgia-Florida State? I think it was 13 and a half last day. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I bet. I I wonder how motivated they're going to be. The committee's going to be like, um, how motivated will Georgia be? No, I I mean, I think they're going to be extra motivated, Florida State. But maybe it's going to be, hey, we don't have a chance to win the title. Who cares? I don't know. That's that motivation is interesting. Don't you think? I, I, I think it's it's Georgia's motivation that's got to be in question. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they had some players opt out from the game. Yeah, that's true. I would say this: if this game were played this weekend, I would think Florida State Ooh, would be dog, way, up to fourteen. Florida State would be way down, I think, emotionally. But I think there was enough time they're going to be ready to go. And also the idea of an undefeated season, and and they could basically walk around and say we're number one. You know. <laughs> Well, what's um, interesting is if one of these twelve and one teams win it. Yeah, that is interesting. Like Central Florida did a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. but 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 yeah, this feels more legitimate. It to does. Be, uh, it to does be feel legitimate. Conference. Yeah, and let's think about this. Someone made a point about one one scenario would be perfect for Florida State to make or to make the case. So they didn't beat any of these. Uh, who would it be? I guess it'd be. Alabama, maybe? I don't know. They made a case that kind of was convincing that that would be the best one. Well, obviously, Michigan and Washington are undefeated, so uh-huh. they they could, let's see. Um, they win it, yeah. So, so it would really be if, if the two one of the two lost teams, in theory. But one wouldn't be any worse than the other, right? <sighs> Alabama. Tennessee. Florida State did beat LSU, so yeah. I wonder maybe it's better if Alabama wins it all because then they could say, well, wait a minute, you know, we, we took, we took, we, we took LSU out from that conference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we'll talk about it. And remember straight out of Vegas AM, we got AJ, who is a college football specialist. He does pretty well in the NFL too. So check that out every Monday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, and Tuesday. (laughs) 